1: And welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Daddy Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamford and Michael Sitchwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 2. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, down and 2.0. Oh! Maybe oh! hey, use premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and around round of the week complete. Bloody good, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, they're joined by the Dudley Boys, <laughs> one of which I thought was about to choke to death uh, almost, during the intro.
2: Almost saw some chewing gum flying across his. Like the studio there.
1: Uh, To look ahead to to week two of Fighter Fest. And what a card yet again, Sitch.
3: Yes, it looks like a really nicely balanced TV card. Two matches that I thoroughly expect to bang. One that I don't think is going to be like a great match, capital G. But we'll have some really nice interactions with it, uh, within it. One match where I'm like, thank God this is finally happening at last. So it can kind of accelerate towards the singles or just get it over with. And another one that looks, uh, eh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's It's so eventful that it can't fail, I don't think. Like, I don't think this can be a bad dynamite. I know we've had some middling ones, a lot of middling ones this year. But I don't think this can be a bad one. Was that like two, three weeks ago where we were all super mega down on the whole episode? Mm. This has got too much g- going for it. Um like, it looks on paper, as a lot of these do, super stacked. But going, like, sort of beneath the surface, which is appropriate, as it's Shark Week. Uh, there's at least two things on here that seem to be the culmination of series programs. So, considering that we're still, you know, what, over, a, well, nearly two months away from All Out. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool that AW is still willing to kill off some major programs. <laughs> it's Very hot in the studio. It it's very, very hot in the studio. Kill off a couple of major programs without anything obvious set. Like, I know we're going to talk about Jericho Kingston, but just as an example for them too, there's nothing clear what's going to be next heading for them in yeah. the all-out. And yet here we are, like a couple of months away, and they're still doing the big payoff. I think it's pretty cool that, like, you can still do television specials like this to feel bigger than the average. I don't really care about the Fight Fest branding, but I care about a it's lot of things on this card. On Fighter Fest branding is should they just abandon it?
3: It's so weird. It was out of date by the time they did the very first Fighter Fest in 2019. We all liked. Yeah, I keep forgetting why it's called. It it being the elite gag that kind of got out of hand. Yes, and the whole premise of the pre-show, the buy-in for the first Fighter Fest was it was Kenny Omega's big idea to do the um, the collaboration with the video game exhibition. Whether we're like playing Street Fighter or whatever, CEO, I think it was called. And the whole idea was the whole thing was his idea, and it was all going bloody wrong, just like the thing in that
2: Netflix documentary. (laughs) And then they just persisted with the branding, and it's like, it's just. Weird. At least they made full gear about cogs instead of Hangman Page only wearing trunks. Like yeah. that was a gag as well. Yeah, but at least it was like yeah. cogs, cogs. It is. They've got gears. Yeah. Like instead of being about clothes. And it's
3: more of like full gear. Makes no sense, but it kind of has just become an accepted yeah. part. Yeah. Whereas with Fighter Fest, I'm like, stop calling it this. <laughs> you could call, you could call it anything you want. Yeah. Mm. It's not like I've enjoyed virtually every single Fighter Fest that they've done, but I'm not like so. Romantically, yeah, sentimentally, the law of, vitamins. yeah, tied <laughs> to this event. That it would be a shame if the yeah, I can't believe WWE doesn't do no, Mer- no mercy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? It's not like 2002 anymore, bitch. yeah. Like, it's not the, the name of the event
2: does not influence the quality of the event, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like night one, night two a bit lame as well, isn't it? like part one last week. Part one night one was dynamite because rampage was yeah because it's part week, one it's night week, two. there's
1: week week two now. They're We're saying weak, this is week two part one,
3: isn't it? Well, it's week yeah. because it's dynamite and rampage. Otherwise, this would be fighter yes. fest three. Fighter <laughs> <pretty laughs> fest three or four. Fighter fest twenty twenty two part three. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, on the one hand, I'm like, well, last week's fighter fest was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Genuinely brilliant. But then I could have just sat here and said, last week's Dynamite was brilliant. So it's it's kind of needless, like you say, Sige. Let's dive straight into it, though. Uh, Into the barbed wire everywhere match. It's Kingston versus Jericho. Uh, The road to is just sensational once again on this. Eddie Kingston, just a tour de force when it comes to promos, especially when he's just passionate down the lens about this. Uh, The Jericho Appreciation Society, of course, in a shark cage. Uh, this is going to be bloody, um, but aside from that, how do you see it going, Sig?
3: Right, I've got a thought on this, and I've got another thought about me as well, right? You know when you have a moment of introspection, and you think, you know, and it's not difficult in the social media world to think of, even though it's an exaggerated version of yourself or whatever, it's, not, it's quite easy to sort of, before you stop caring, which I kind of have, <laughs> it's quite easy to think, well, am I a complete knob? Mm. Because there are a lot of people out there. in the comments section and in certain sub-WWE communities of wrestling Twitter that think I'm a complete knob. I've made my peace with that, right? But you think, am I I a knob? And I understand there are certain things that I've written and I read it back and I think, yes, yes, you are a knob. You are a pretentious knob. I understand that I play up the snarky Part of my personality. But I think, you know, it's just a bit. It's just for the sake of a bit of a, of a few gags. And yes, I readily admit to being a pretty pretentious guy. I just am. It's in my nature. I can't help that. Mm. Then I think, right, is that all it is? Or are you just an arrogant prick who's really self-involved? And uh Michael Hamlet will confirm that I indeed am a bit of a prick who's very self-involved. Because <laughs> last week, right, we were just sat in the office and I went, I've got it. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. I've got it, I've got it. I was about to go on Twitter. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? This fantasy booking idea that I've got is in fact so accurate and bound to happen that I don't want to spoil everyone's fun, right? But a podcast is a bit different to Twitter because it's not going to immediately get um, circulated and all the rest of it. So if in fact this does happen, I don't think I'm spoiling the surprise by doing it on a podcast. But what an arrogant thing all of that is to say. (laughs) But... Right, there were two things that struck me over the course of the build towards this specific match in this specific rivalry, which I think will be fantastic. Um, one, it was a barbed wire death match, and my initial thought was, Yeah, it's good that you're going to puncture your own skin in a bloody battle for my entertainment, but. Dickheads, why haven't you put the word exploding in front of it? Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit disappointing, particularly since they've already done an exploding barbed wire death match. And yes, the finish was the finish, but I thought genuinely that the match preceding it was mm. brilliant. But it's still like, even though the finish was the finish, it's still like um, a diminished return almost to do exploding and then your garden variety version after it. And then we noticed they're calling it barbed wire everywhere now, Right. What's changed? And my initial thought was they potentially don't want to be contained by the ring, which is really counterintuitive because the barbed wire is meant to enclose them um, and it's going to be difficult to like, oh, i just going to leave the ring into a high spot. Ow! Yeah. Like, So I don't really know how they're going to work that because um, the barbed wire everywhere has to mean something here. Otherwise, why haven't they done it? So I think they've been talking about the match and things they could do, like between con the production unit, Kingston and Jericho, and they've thought, right, there has to be a reason for everywhere. I think that there's a particular spot they've decided to come up with and to justify it, they've adjusted the branding of the match somewhat, right? Okay. I think mm. that somehow, like maybe Eddie Kingston just tearing it apart to get a Jericho who just slips underneath to get away, right? Um, The fight somehow makes it its way out of what's essentially a barbed wire cage, which mm-hmm. would be very painful to escape from. I think, right, away from the audience, and, like, a special area, either by the entrance, away from the commentary team, like, the perfect distance between the commentary team and the, like, the ringside fans on the aisle, there's going to be, like, a barbed wire prop, like, a wall of barbed wire, and it's going to explode. Oh! And it's going to blow everyone's minds, because no one's expecting, in the words, in the immortal words of, what was that, M? Um, mm-hmm. Adnan. Adnan Virg. Adnan Virg. Oh, yeah. What a crazy explosion. (laughs) I think that we're all going to be saying tonight, what a crazy explosion, because the word exploding has been nowhere near it. Mm -hmm. I just think that there must be a reason, and quite frankly, I'm just besotted with explosions, (laughs) and I think I'm trying to manifest one. So away from that incredibly arrogant subjective um, analysis to preview the match, I again, I'm not being too facetious because I do want the word exploding in front of barbed wire death match. I just think it belongs there. I think they've done it before, so it feels like a diminished return. But Eddie Kingston could do a cinder block WWE death match, and it would still rule because it's Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. I think like Eddie Kingston has got that Terry Funk gate. In the most important the more most impressive thing about it is that he doesn't have that sort of you know that Ishii quality. When he sort of, like, kind of shuffles to the ring at this point because you know he's physically thrashed. Mm -hmm. But yet, when he gets to the ring, he can turn it on. Kingston can sell as well as Ishii, but he doesn't really shamble to the ring as if he's broken, but he just knows what to do with his body. He just is that good at selling. So I think his particular way of moving around the ring and sort of approaching the barbed wire and how much... Eddie Kingston's able to make everything matter. I just think this could be a masterpiece whether there's any explosions or not. Kingston should win, finally gets the big one. Um, Dave Meltzer speculated this, that maybe Chris Jericho dropped Danielson's name in the promo last week, to set up Jericho Danielson at All Out.
2: Ooh. Yeah, Danielson was an outlier in that sense, because Jericho was making this big point about everyone that's friends with Eddie Kingston is ultimately cursed and all that, and they've never suggested that Danielson and Kingston are mates. If anything, it was the total opposite. When you say his acquaintance, I think was the word. Yeah, like it was a bit of a stretch. So there was like, well, what's the reason why Danielson's in there? Is it they're teasing a comeback of some description? I, like, I'm looking forward to this because of Eddie Kingston. I'm not really. Like, barbed wire never works as a hook for me, particularly because it's sort of cool, I guess, when somebody gets cut up to bits. But I, t- I don't know. I tend to find them a little bit artless. There are exceptions. There are exceptions. I wasn't as big a fan as the actual match as it was of Moxley Kenny. But just in general, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the matches. But Kingston makes it feel real, mm. King, like in, in any match he does. But this sort of context, he takes what is theoretical. Like I, this is what I think. I think barbed wire matches are sort of stupid. It's a really ridiculous premise when you really stop and think about it. But Kingston makes it feel real and necessary, which I, which is what I like about it being used in this context. It has to be this horrific because of where we were arrived at now and um, barbed wire everywhere for me because again we did talk about this was uh jim ross's recent move to rampage he's been getting increasingly more annoyed by having to sit with chris jericho going <laughs> all the time and uh, kingston lifts up uh jim ross's hat and there's some barbed wire under there because there's barbed wire
4: everywhere <laughs> and he just grabs
2: any bunch of jericho with it or something like that as they're brawling there um i like the idea of the I, I, like I like stuff like the shark cage more than I like the barbed wire. Like what to the Jericho Appreciation Society to do from the shark cage? You know they're going to drop wire cutters down to Jericho below. Is one of them going to take Floyd in the cage with him for you know for whatever stuff like that? Um, so I I, I welcome how creative they are at using the shark cage for the patter element of the match, but I do appreciate that Kingston needs very serious and severe retribution to Mm. pay this feud off. And I do feel it'll be quite a satisfying watch because it's AEW, so this feud is going to end. It's going to end tonight, and it's going to feel conclusive.
1: I do like the idea of the explosion as well, Sige, because it's a way of, like, like you say, correcting what went wrong with the exploding barbed wire death match without having all the arseholes online going, "Mm, exploding barbed wire death match, is it? That went well last time. Yeah. Like, (laughs) solves both problems in, in one go, in my opinion. And I agree with you as well. Kingston's the real sell for me in this. I do hope uh, a bit like when he fought Moxley in like a mad street fight. Mm. He utilised it was a title fight, um, and he utilises the alcohol gel again because I've said that before. That goes through me more than Mm. light tubes that I'm really not a fan of, or even getting pierced with barbed wire.
2: Fire as well. Like I think blood and guts lacked fire after everything that Jericho had done. Where like Kingston should have returned fire, so I wouldn't mind that
1: well, I'm just going to pitch what I pitched before on even more extreme and say, uh, I kind of don't want this to happen because it sounds physically quite terrifying and difficult to pull off and blah, blah, blah. I know what he's going to say. But, said it before, uh, uh, Kingston obviously tapes up his hands when he's in a r- rough fight. He should tape his hands here. And I think Jericho, last resort, the whatever's happened with the, the lads in the shark cage has happened, but still Kingston's, he's backing away, he's backing away, last resort, fireball, Kingston puts up his hands, but it it doesn't burn his face. It just catches his hand on fire because, I don't know, all right, it's alcohol gel.
3: Kerosene.
1: Yeah, is that right at work? His hand's on fire, but he's Eddie Kingston, so he gives a toss, and he not only does a urican, hurricane, Yeah, not only hits him with an hurricane with a hand on fire, it's a hand on fire with barbed wire wrapped around it Blame as well. a barbed wire glove. Yeah.
3: Before we move on very quickly, can I ruin the vibe?
1: Wait yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, a second. It's time to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> New games just dropped. Ruin yeah. the vibe. Can I
3: just <laughs> ruin the vibe? Go on. AEW. Right. Because it's generally so excellent, even when it's uneven, the excellence is still excellent. That's just some you know, Matt Hardy in the middle. It's... They do not get enough criticism. In that uh, it's never really remembered how useless they tend to be with props. Mm. And sometimes, like even Blood and Guts, like the cage is too big, right? They've got that weird gap where you can't do the... Th- either this is the steel cage and the Blood and Guts mm-hmm. cage. So you ca- there's a weird gap where you can't do spots outside of it, but it also diminishes that slapsticky th- crunch yeah. of someone just getting their face thrown into you the cage. can't mesh, just right?
1: slide down like some sort of cartoon character. Then. W- just- yeah. what you
2: call it the Thunder Cage. Was it, did they call it the Dome? actually? I think they called it the Thunderdome. Yeah. It feels inspired by that one, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because that was the same problem. It's just odd. Like odd. What the Frigs Lex Luger are going to do in this really awkward space? <laughs> I know. It's just like really awkward yeah. dead space. Remember the yeah,
3: glitter pigs in the second stadium stampede? Oh, my God. Terrible <laughs> prop. Yeah. The, the, the metal-printed cardboard on which Chris Jericho fell from a great height.
1: The table in the... Isn't there a Jeff Hardy one where it's like you got to put them through a table and it just sort of went... Right. Man. And they went, oh, that counts. Yeah,
2: Cody Rhodes' is anti-fire back stuff. Yes. yes. Remember that. Yeah. Like, what's going on with Cody's back? And then 20 minutes later.
3: Uh. Like, even Taz went, is <laughs> <laughs> sh- on Cody's back? <laughs> so they honestly have never seemed to sort this out. Like, every other thing that's been rubbish. Corrected, 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 corrected. Dark Order, Nightmare Collective, whatever. Shame
2: as well, because on Dynamite, Glass Table. And, uh... A really impactful, f- yeah. Mm-hmm. But
3: they've got an uneven record. Let's just face it, in that regard, there's a chance, right? Because it's barbed wire everywhere, and they're going to go out the ring. That you might just see these like pathetic, like spaghetti strands of barbed wire over the ropes, and it just doesn't look like. Obviously, one barb of barbed wire is enough. But yeah. the whole idea is you're meant to see oh,
2: loads of it. The Triple H prop swap at the Rumble against Cactus Jack. Yeah, where he went to the commentary table and pulled out. Like the, like the the proper barbed wire that he'd used on McFoley's T-shirt. It was suddenly a bit like ragged and jagged and torn. And then obviously they do a, a swap. And there's slight hand's good, but then he pulls out the thing and it's this perfect, like, yeah. sort of tightly wrapped plastic thing so he can get hit with it. Fair enough, protect your body, but it looked too obvious. Yeah. And such.
3: There is a thumbnail in that. Yeah. There is a side-by-side the thumb. The, the two You make, words. I'll make it, you do the title. Yeah. What a e- content Everybody
1: Look, it never sleeps, voice, it, maybe. Content never sleeps. And you boys say, yeah. <laughs> I'll do some of that. Um, yeah, it's, I, I agree with that. I'm, I, I hope that that doesn't. Uh, Chalky, by the way,
2: Chalky just falls over. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> just dropping <laughs> the ring up. It's it's made
1: ball. It's hanging from rope and then he just fireballs. Oh so. my
2: God, can the JS all be in like the Painmaker makeup as a tribute to Jericho? <laughs> yeah, he come out as little Painmaker. I
1: was going to say, do you, does the fact he's a Painmaker change your prediction for the result?
2: No, but I think they've done that earnestly to try. Painmaker wins, and it's like, eventually he has to lose. And I think it's, why not? Why not give that away? People don't love the maker so much. Like, it's sort of an ideal thing to give up
1: exactly. for this particular match. It's also weird on a show featuring a barbed wire everywhere match with people in a shark cage and people p- predicting God barbed wire flaming hurricanes, that that might not be the most violent match on this card because Brody King's going to chuck Darby Allen around in the words of Adam Nicholas, like an empty tracksuit.
2: I can't wait for this, Um and... AW want us to kind of wait for this. Like, the, that attack at the, what was it, a convention or something where he just absolutely yes. battered him through that table. Uh, that was so much more satisfying than I think we all, than, like, I think it was so much more satisfying in the sense that we'd not had that from Brody King versus John Waxley. Uh, and everything Brody King and Darby Allen have done together so far leads us to believe that this, again, this can't fail. It's that just feeling of, well, something will happen in this match that will just make you shriek. With horror or joy, depending on your your tastes and or your opinion of Darby <laughs> Allen, um, we know what he'll do to take risks. And Darby, like Darby Allen, regardless of what you think of him, I think at this point it's safe to say that AEW are dropping the ball because the intangibles that, like the star aura, is just not there like it was maybe mm. a year ago. It turns out that as good as Darby Allen's stunt shows are, you need to have him like wrestle and win and be somebody once in a while in the ring to feel things, you're getting way more out of like Darby Allen's thing. I'm not criticizing Darby Allen's Sting as this obviously very, very fun thing that has given Sting this awesome like last chapter that none of us could have predicted. But you were just not feeling it in the way that you did Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes or Darby Allen's like one off with CM Punk or even the defeat against MJF because within the body of the match like there it is. There's the guy that is kind of undeniable in and I don't know, it all felt a little bit too trivial. So as much as I want this to be brutal and I want it to be, oh my God, what's he doing to himself now? It could be the match that turns things around a bit for Darby Allen and just make that remind you again of what they've got with him more than just being the dangerous stunt guy. Do
1: you think there's gonna be more follow on as well with the Malachi Sting stuff?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um
3: we did Sort of, I think a few people have connected the dots between the Miro vignettes, uh, the Talking Head, and the events that transpired on Rampage just before it, where people have fantasy booked this absolutely incredible Trios match, which should be fantastic. So, this could function to build towards that. I still think like monsters exist in pro wrestling to get beaten and make the guys who fell them look more impressive because look at the size of the guys whose ass he just kicked. So, I don't mind Brody losing, I really don't. Um, but I think he will lose here, but there'll be some kind of post match. Schmoz, it's dynamite after all. But I think the quality of this match should be absolutely tremendous. We know that their interaction in the Royal Rampage was just phenomenal. It was like an iconic, eye-catching, unique, terrifying-looking spot, which kind of created the illusion of danger more than it was actually dangerous, which this match might do on top of the actual danger itself. Um, But the character dynamic's wonderful. We've got a guy who just takes a beating like virtually nobody else in pro wrestling. We were replaying the spot of him going down the stairs in the office the other week, and that was just oh. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Brody King's an absolute monster, of course. Um, he was very dynamic and mobile, so he can keep up with Derby, and it should be a different texture to this kind of dynamic. Um expect it to be absolutely phenomenal, to be perfectly honest. Um, we know they're really close mates. They've probably been up all night texting each other about the things they want to do to each other. So I think there's that, that old wrestling adage of you can work stiff with your mates because... Like, it's just considered a thing that they do. No hard feelings after, when you get yeah, back to sort yeah. of thing, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and they trust each other because they're really good mates. They mm. trust each other with their body. They give their bodies to each other. So this should be absolutely phenomenal, realistically. Two potential Shark Week tie-ins because they're very good at this sort of thing. Weirdly, right? Remember the um, the Abaddon versus Akaro Shida thing? Yeah. That was really... I can't remember what that was tying into, but it was...
2: The, well, there was the Abaddon um, where, like, Shida was terrified of her. Or the then Abaddon... pulled her under the ring to show you the... Apron, yeah. for whatever it was. and um, That was really good. It was Abaddon and Britt Baker as well. That was like for a like Black Friday thing. Oh,
3: yeah. But they tend to be really good with their inter-promotional stuff, other than Ricky, Rick and Morty, which is a bit rubbish in retrospect. Yeah. Um, a potential Jaws spot where Darby f- thinks he's got the match won, then they film mm. it, that it looks like Jaws getting that kid mm. um, under the water. Oh. Or... Shark. Where do sharks live? The sea. Yeah. What do people do on the sea? Surf. Brody King launches him over the top rope. Crowd surf. Spike Dudley. Hey, it's Shark Week here on TNT. <laughs> Watch <laughs> you don't surf because a great white will get you. In between Jim Ross, um, what does he do? He
2: basically can't win the match of the crowd. They ain't real sharks. They ain't the real sea. So get, back to, get back to dry land, if that's what we're calling it, Excalibur. We're
3: in uh, Duluth, uh, great, Atlanta, great barbecue around here. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: he, he likes to say that. His other
3: thing, right, It's like, you know that family guy gag where, did someone just turn up your thermostat? Yeah. No, all clear, it wasn't me. That's like if Jim Ross is like in a building and he's on the fifth floor and like a six-foot-five, 300-pound guy just walks through the front door of the building, he'll go, Bill Watts once told me you can make a lot of money with an athletic big man. <laughs> whenever it's in the vague presence of a big man, Bill Watts once told me you can make a hell of a lot of money with an athletic big guy.
1: Who rooted out the cowboy. Do you think, I always forget to ask you this when well, it comes I to start talking about that. Organization. <laughs> I love it. Do you <laughs> think Joe's this the cowboy. opens the show? Um, I'm Trying to divide it up as much as possible from the presumable main event, which will be the Bob Dwyer match.
3: He tends to really want because of the Big Bang Theory buy-in. And this is probably what Hamlet was talking about, a measure of where Derby's fallen um in recent months, in that you would absolutely count on Derby 100% to open Dynamite, but maybe it'll go for the next match we're going to preview because the interim world champion is yeah. on it.
4: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com.
1: Let's talk about it then. Uh, Moxley and Utah versus best friends. I want to talk about the wider sort of tag team picture following the events of, of last week, but this seems like a fairly straightforward win. Not only have you got the interim AW World Champion in it, but you've got the guy who's oh actually do you think it's going to feature well not necessarily Daniel Gossi, I don't know if they have to stay in the shark cage the whole night or whatever but obviously you is defending the title on Saturday isn't he mm-hmm. yes I don't think they have to be in it for two hours no that was just just thinking like oh well don't want to muddy the waters between everything no I else, get it I know. get it
3: this could just simply exist as a thing to exist the thing with AEW is that very few matches exist just to exist so I expect this to to feature some kind of tie in and maybe you've just nailed it but it would be weird optics eyes as you say um i've wanted this match or at least one sort of dynamic of it to have existed for some time trent has looked like such a bitch uh for several months now because he never once challenged you to all right okay you've (laughs) abandoned us i'm pissed off about that i want to prove why you made a mistake like, how dare you as, like, a young guy in this business when I've been in it for...
1: we now! <laughs>
3: <laughs> for this many years for you to just think that I'm nothing and you can just go to Blackpool Combat Club. Like, I need a one-on-one match with you. But tied a neat little ball around that. We are eventually getting it now. The kind of idea behind it doesn't really make as much sense because Trent really should have called that shot uh, for his own balls, like, a long time ago. But at least it's happening now, and they will very much touch on this match where... I think the opening spot, or the first time you see Trent and Uta interact, I think Trent's just going to walk up to him and slap him directly in the face. It's a nice nod to the fact that it's meant to be a sign of respect. But in this case, it's disrespect.
2: Yeah, I, I'm genuinely quite pleased at kind of picking up this loose thread. I was fully in favour of Willie Uta leaving those absolute loser dweebs for the Blackpool Combat Club. It was the right call. But it was strange within AEW that that wasn't really, yeah, followed up on. Um... Trent's kind of an asshole and this would be the thing that would stick in his craw and instead he just kind of goes back to wacky fun stuff with, you know, Chuck Taylor. So it's obviously, it's going to go the way of Moxley and you Ute, uh, utah has got his big title match, Moxley the interim champion. They don't just beat the champion for no reason. What I'm curious about, and I can't really figure out how they do it beyond possibly him just doing the soft kicks on the floor and Moxley not really taking him seriously, is I want to see John Moxley and Orange Cassidy brought together. Mm. And you've idea, been there
3: before and it's always rules. Yeah,
2: like the the idea, but in a more serious way now of like Cassidy being somebody that Moxley needs to think about again because he's got that belt. And I don't know, I, I, I keep thinking it's not for now. I think Orange Cassidy is one meaningful singles program away from being a contender, a proper contender. So ideally, this sort of works out perfectly because all out, you set up a singles feud while Moxley and Punk, presumably, do their thing. And then after the fact, you've got one champion for Cassidy to go for. But, like, plant those seeds. Now, Orange Cassidy, like, I like the match. And I think they did the absolute best version of that Orange Cassidy-Wardlow um, thing. But a week later, and I'm still not entirely sure why they booked it, it was great, but I didn't... Great. Yeah, I guess, but I, I wish Orange Cassidy hadn't lost. He's he's not somebody I want to see taking defeats. So he's somebody I want to feel special. And the fact that he's this close to Moxley seems wasteful not to briefly... Yeah, put that's,
1: that's what I was thinking it might be one of the reasons alongside the... Uh, the stuff with uh, with Trent and, and Wheeler Utah Yeah, Moxley and Uta obviously winning this one. In terms of the wider picture, Hamflake, because it's fair to say we all sat here and went, oh, that'd be a nice triple threat in the main event uh, this week. And then obviously Young Bucks will win and onto, you know, uh, All Out and, and the FDR match, which doesn't seem to be the case anymore now. Mm. Excitement, obviously, in the last 24 hours about Kenny Omega returning. Um, but in terms of the new tag champs, what do you think's next for, for swerving our glory? I don't know.
2: Because Jurassic Express split up as we all sat there awaiting a turn. You know, it, was, it wasn't Jungle Boy Luchasaurus, but the turn nonetheless was the thing hanging over this team. And now we're there again. Like, I was really pleased for Swerve and Our Glory to get the win. I didn't see it coming, and it was, but it was like a pleasant surprise because the match was so great that I was on the hook for every single finish and dragged into thinking that the team I gave the least chance to suddenly had the best, but we're there again. Like, this team still seems to exist for the moment they break up rather than just to have their run. And I don't know, maybe you need to hit pause on that and give them a run of, like, give them something credible. Give them a period of time as champions where uh, they're they're asking you, AEW, to forget about the tensions that built up. Like, is it is it just too samey to have them tease constant dissension, even as champions? Is it a little bit, Roddy Strong's raging with the diamond mine to have swerve in our glory. Like, disagreeing on things while they're carrying the belts and beating teams. It's hard, like... That was the thing they'd stretched to the absolute far- furthest point with Christian. Yeah. Like like we always said, like Jungle Boys got to lose to make this feel credible because they keep beating teams, you know? It's a hard sto- it's a harder story to tell. And you've got to make people forget that it's happening in front of their very eyes. I was gonna say, certainly on the road to, they seem to try and put that to the
1: back of like yeah. swerve saying, like, I know we had our problems in the battle royal, but I put that we've put that behind us and I you know I've I've learned from my mistakes. I'll never do this again. I'll, I would sacrifice everything for my brother. And it's like, I remember you thinking when you had that belt in your hand, do I just twat Keith Lee in the back of the head here? Like that's as, as subtle as it needs to be. That's it. Well, you don't need any more. Yeah. Like miscommunication. And away. it's
2: wrestling, you know, there's got to be this element of drama and suspense around it, but, I think AEW understands its audience and its its audience understands AEW to be patient with these sort of things. And I just don't want... I don't think it's been a particularly fantastic year for titles in AEW. Yeah. And I think the tag belts could really do with a run that feels a bit less fake. Ultimately, I want them to
3: abandon that thread. Maybe every now and then, pick it back up briefly, just to inform the fact that I don't think they are going to be a tag team forever. Mm. But... If they keep doing it, it just feels like a Wish version of the Amazon page and Omega thing, which is another yeah. time where a turn is hung over it. Um, for how many established great tag teams they have, they do sort of like this one a lot, and
1: I'm not ready for it for quite some time. Is it too simplistic? Because in my head, I'm thinking, well, if you're not going to do necessarily the, the tag title all the belts match. You could still potentially put FTR as part of a threesome against the books and Omega if that's what you want to do. I'm just, I'm just one way or another. I'm trying to get books and FTR back together in a ring, um, and I've, I've not looked at the rankings, but I have seen yet again Ricky Starks stealing the show on the, on the road to this really impassioned promo, almost baby in him and and powerhouse Hobbs about how close they've come. Is it too simplistic, Sige, to have a match where? or not necessarily immediately, but down the line, Team Taz or these two representative teams Taz say, can we have one more go? And if we don't win, then that's kind of us. Because they seem to be inferring that maybe they need to go their separate ways anyway. And, uh, you know, it's still, it's still obvious, but it's also not as obvious. If you're saying on one side you've got a team who, if they don't win the titles, will split. And then on the other side, you've got a team who are the tag champs who might split anyway.
3: I'm generally in favour of long title reigns, but it's become apparent over the course of AEW's existence that not every act can justify reigning with a title for a long time. Sometimes it just don't feel important. Sometimes it's just not interesting enough as characters to be able to be able to do it. And that was certainly true of Jurassic Express. And at this point, not as a, a, a new forever direction, but like not a hot potato, but fiercely contested matches—a series of matches in which the title just happens to change hands because both teams are like really evenly matched with the other. Um, because I do get bored of these long, long, long title reigns. Let us think for the—it's a TV property as well. It's a TV mm. property to which Tony Khan sometimes applies like really strict. Like territory booking principles too, and sometimes it just really doesn't work, as it didn't in the case of Jurassic Express, so i would be up for some kind of best of five with Hobbs and yeah. Starks and uh, Swerve and Our Glory just a, pr- a peak NXT tag team title for you. Yeah.
1: And yeah, like you say, I think for uh, arguably a couple teams, their highlight has been just winning the belts and it's been all downhill from, uphill, downhill, I never know which one, that, which phrase I'm meant to use there. Downhill. All downhill from there. But uphill from here is good. Actually, no, because no, it's it, no, it, more
2: of a challenge, isn't it? It gets harder. That's, that's what, what, what can it uh, doesn't matter. So, but, um, I also have that with forward and backward, you know, and like you've got dates, yes, so like I oh, was pushing it forward or pushing it back. Oh, yeah, uh, I was having similar confusion. Bloody hell, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Let's wrap this up and I'm boiling. What was I gonna say?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been the case that the, the title win has been the, the big thing, and uh, and also. Oh, not to do the whole. Oh, I thought AW was meant to be sport based, whatever, but like all I ever hear from boxers and fighters and MMA people and what have you is really it, it was almost easy to win a title. It's a lot harder to defend it because people are coming for you. They've trained specifically for you, and you know, yeah, it you, makes more sense in the sporting context. So, it's not like well, just
3: uh, in terms of the content; just mix it up.
1: Uh, Sid, you've been crying out for this, Way. and we're getting it tonight. <laughs> uh, Chris Statlander, Athena in the ring. They'll be joined by the brilliant Willow Nightingale uh, in a six-woman against Jay Cargill, Kira Hogan, and Layla Gray.
3: Yeah, I've got no real expectations for the quality of this match, if I'm pe- being perfectly honest. I think the quality is really lopsided in terms of in-ring quality um lopsided in favor of the babyfaces. Mm-hmm. So I'm not expecting a great match. But, you know, it's an easy way of having one of Statlander or Athena beat anyone not named Jade Cargill to build towards Athena or Statlander versus Cargill. This is all very perfunctory and, and kind of convoluted and confusing at the same time. I'm genuinely not really into this whatsoever. Um, Statlander to beat...
1: Gray? Yeah.
3: Yeah, feels and like... And Statlander to beat Cargill... Wow. And Cargill can turn face, so losing the title doesn't really mean you, quite as much. She's passed
1: 500 days now, hasn't she? I think I read somewhere. Yeah, this mm-hmm. rain has peaked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people, we were talking before about like, Fighter Fest night one or night two or it's week like one three or week, or weeks, or weeks, whatever it may be. But there's one night, it's definitely it's week tonight. two, night three. But what is the night tonight? Both of those things are true. Siege.
3: For this is Nine. I'm thinking, no oh, word
1: Yes. <laughs> Last two weeks you got it, didn't you? Do you want to go first? Yeah, <laughs> you lead the way. Uh, this, for people unaware, is the time that the first theme hits for either of these teams. Not
2: twenty minutes. <laughs>
1: it's one of those where normally we'd say there'll be a you know a women's match involving I don't know Thunder Rosa or whatever, and then they'd go and then we'll chuck a Jade Cargill promo in there. But she's in the match tonight, mm-hmm. so. Um, who knows, maybe there'll be a little Britt Baker promo or something in there. That's what it is.
2: Yeah. A, a little one is up, as well. Yeah. A
1: little Britt Baker one. Although to be fair, the sandbag thing was yeah, absolutely. I'll just get my world-class. phone out to write things down.
3: Thank you to who's you autocorrect hates your stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> um All right, Sedgwick. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I'm such, I see I am an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit of a link there. So my pick for, well, let's lead is <laughs> nine, nine. I'm thinking no me. The, uh, I think they might do the big watching the JAS go into the shark cage. I agree. There will be some, like, I've got to make barbed wire around this ring, lads. So that should take a bit bit of time. The match itself is capping off a feud that I believe started all the way back in November or December of last year. So it should get sufficient time. So I think, genuinely, no more matches will be added to this five-match card. There'll be a lot of setup and a lot of content in the main events. So for this is lead is 9, I'm thinking no one lead. In made. Made. One hour. 14 minutes and four
2: seconds. Always with the four. I'll go a bit earlier then, I think. I'll go a straight 110. Wow. Okay. Because I was thinking of prop stuff. Uh, like barbed wire everywhere requires you to come back from either a break or a video package and to be struck by the visual. The yeah. last thing you want is for it to return to the ring and it look like the ring. Like yeah. you need to be looking at something that you weren't expecting to see. That's a really good point. I was going to say 115,
1: but that feels a bit shan now. Yeah, let's if, do what you want. No, I'll yeah. go... Do what your impulses tell you to do. Okay, 115. I'll go 114
2: 115 and five seconds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go one fifteen and thirty-six seconds. Because uh, I think you're right. I think we're getting a lot of hullabaloo around uh, this main event. But I'm also trying to compensate for the fact that I think if you, you're, I think you're probably right. Open with Moxie. You put Darby Allen and, and Brody King at the top of the second hour, and that's not going to that's going to get a decent a bit of time. So, but yeah. Uh, feel free to play along at home. Uh, there's only th- one of three winners, but th- you can play along if you want. Play along yeah. the game. Well, this is lead is nine. I'm thinking <laughs> no, yeah. No, when he's off. Yeah, I'll I'll cut the bit out for next week because otherwise I'll forget. Uh, finally, more punishment for Varsity Blods tonight. Brian Pillman cutting him and Griff Garrison cutting him. Passion promo. They want to get their hands on. Uh, what's he called him? Uh, goth reptar or something, and uh, and Christian Cage. It's only going one way, this, though.
2: Yeah, I just hope it's not boring, because I'm uh, already feeling a bit bored. But I, all you have to do is do an impersonation of Kane for two weeks. I'm sick of it. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. He's uh, getting some... Uh,
1: you could get slow luch-
2: chemicals fire, bro. Shut up. <laughs> Listen to it on iTunes
1: if you like it so much. Yeah. Don't say it makes a great character. Get Luchasaurus some uh, contact lenses
2: they uh, yes. the rounds at the moment, aren't they? Indeed. I, like, this should be a squash. Is this the week possibly where, like, you know, they've batted the blondes to such an extent that Griff Garrison is just, like, on the floor. He appears to go under the ring, and then they reach for his leg. And oh, oh, my God. It's Jungle Boy. Yeah. And they do a two-doink spit with him. Yeah, what are you doing here, kid? <laughs> and that's the fire up <laughs> in the top. Tar- I don't care, truthfully. Like, I don't I, the, tar- the heels win, probably. Get to the point. Get to, like, this is this is fake, stalling. Get to the point when Jungle Boy's fit, please. I think he's out for an indeterminate amount of time. He can't oh, do that long, because otherwise they would have
3: said something to the effect of, like, Jungle Boy, tough titties. It's gone forever. And we're on the next thing. Yeah. I don't know why it's Tony D. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> What's and, Christian
2: going to say in the meantime?
4: Ooh.
2: we got another game.
4: It's time to play, time to play the game.
3: And I don't have really a jingle for this, but let's <clears throat> just uh, jam. Workshop. So it's a workshop or jam, right? Okay. Who on the roster. <laughs> it's got, like, some really horrible, tragic backstory <laughs> that Christian Cage involved in a shark. Exploit oh. for heat. Is there some kind of songs with heat? That we can... Uh, feel, 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 feel the heat. He's I got, got Nights. cheap heat. I got
2: cheap heat. Yeah. Very good. I don't know though. I don't What's that? Remember. I don't know. What it's was Lois the sings it in Family Guy when uh, they've got a built a bar downstairs. I'm trying to remember how canned heat by Jim quite goes, but. Got cheap eating he in my promo he- tonight, <laughs> Christian. Yeah.
3: There we go. <laughs> Banger. Who's got a tragic backstory that can be exploited?
1: <laughs> uh, right. I can see that in the meeting, Tony. Like, thanks for coming next week, guys. Uh, the White Claws are over there. And uh, just quick show of hands. Anyone got a tragic backstory from the last uh, seven days?
2: <laughs> traumas. Give me traumas. I need traumas. Come on. Because I, I don't really want to play well, this game. It's a difficult thing to speculate on, isn't it? Uh, they're actually doing it as yeah. we speak, probably. I've already done it.
1: Um, uh, it'll probably just say... Uh, Hey, see, it's uh, shock week this week. I've been shocking around Jungle Boy's mum if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. She's been laying out chum. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's it. You've done it. <laughs> She's been laying out chum.
2: Uh. <laughs> I'm thinking of a wrestler. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: it's a Shark Boy. <laughs> It is now? Are we doing this for the? Is this for the game? Oh again? yeah, go on then. Yeah, we'll do it for the listeners again.
3: Yeah, very quickly, not twenty questions. It's yep. a new game. Office favorite, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of twenty questions, in which one of us thinks of a wrestler, and instead of having twenty questions to deduce the identity of the wrestler, it's potluck, bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got. Do I, are we playing? He's it? got a real one. Shark boy
2: was just a joker. Yeah, it's uh, Shark Week here on TNT. Are we playing the game with each other first and then doing a second wrestler? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just for people that have never heard the game before, I suppose we should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going
1: to go Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I'm going
2: to go with Um, Koji Katao. Ooh, sort of close in an odd kind of way. It was A.C. Romero. Oh. Ah. ah. Uh,
1: I am thinking I'm a wrestler. Is it Alex Riley? No. It's a very – yeah, I'll say in a second, obviously, but it's close. Mm.
2: Frankie Kazarian. No. It's Kurt Hawkins because,
1: Uh. you know, he talks about the whole Jungle Boy Under the Ring thing. Mm. One of my wrestling guilty pleasures when is when Edge had three Edges. Yeah, the edges. I was like, that's actually really good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was a bit stupid because I wasn't really – because you actually look at him and they're like, oh, he's got – that's not his tattoo there. But I quite liked it. It was Hawkins, yeah. Siege, have got wrestler?
3: Yeah, we've got one yet. Just bear with us. Got one. Toriano. No.
1: Sergeant Slaughter. It
3: was super crazy.
1: Right. I've thought of my one for for tomorrow. Um, write it down, in fact, so people will know. That yeah, I've got write it down. I've got write, write it down. down. I'll write it back in an email to myself regarding the notes. Say, and my note will be time stamped. I have thought of a wrestler. I have thought of a
3: wrestler. I. you so pure. I've not really <laughs> thought of a wrestler yet. Wait there, wait there, wait there, wait there. i
1: um, got one. I did like, by the way, people playing the game where they pick the person and then the wrestler they think yeah. they've got. Because I really want someone to get the right wrestler but the wrong
2: person. Heartbreak. Be oh, heartbreak. But anyway. Yeah. Strict today as well. Um, we're only accepting quote tweets. Come on, guys. There's two games happening here and you know what the other one is. So put uh, yeah. your
4: Engagement.
2: Pro- yeah, predictions in the shares, eh? It's time
4: to play, time to play the game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not
1: getting old. <laughs> uh, right, let us know your Unlike thoughts me, yeah. uh, and your guesses. Quote tweeting the tweet that this uh, podcast is promoted on at WWE on Twitter. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at...
3: M. Sidgwick.
1: If you're lucky enough to be going on your holidays just like Michael Sidgwick and you're thinking, yeah, but what am I going to read by the pool? Well, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AW, Michael Sidgwick. I'd love you to read your own book by the pool. <laughs> yeah, please take a photo <laughs> of you read that. your own book by the pool. I might. Do it. 100%. It's available on Amazon right now. Becoming <laughs> All Elite, The Rise of AW. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Uh, follow us all at WhatCultureWB, as I said. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, the 2.0 review, uh, review is available right now. And our review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released if you subscribe. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 3, Week 2 Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.